3: It's Thursday again, tell everybody to lock in. Grab some popcorn or drink and go and throw your AirPods in. It's a one-hour show, constantly speaking facts. Bulletproof, stats are always shooting from Matt And when it comes to Kyle, you getting numbers and style Jake is gonna educate you, he has the knowledge on fire Players step your game up, don't be sluggish or lazy Or Jimmy J might hit you with a shaky baby Catch him on YouTube or any podcast platform
1: Breaking all the news down like Shaq does the backboards No hot takes, this is where the hottest debates at Now kick your feet up, cause it's time for straight facts
3: What's going on, y'all? Welcome back to Straight Facts, a sports show that educates and entertains, brought to you by the Up On Game Presents Network. You know what I'm about to say. Make sure you guys are following and liking and subscribing to them on all their content pages, uh, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. These guys are all over and they feature one of the best podcasts you're listening to right now, Straight Facts Podcast. So I'm with my guys. Jake Galley, Stat Matt Robinson. Um, guys, Stat Matt doesn't get heated often. And right before air, he goes, I have a heated at the buzzer. So if that's not incentive for you guys to listen to the whole pod and wait till the at the buzzer, I'm not sure what is because I am shaking with the anticipation. I don't know about you, Jake, but. I'm so, just not someone... going to
4: speak <laughs> for until we hear it. I mean, that's 50 <laughs> minutes. I'm going to just stay, wait here.
3: <laughs> like yeah. someone, someone get blasted. He's cool, calm <laughs> and collected over there. I can't wait for it, but this is the off season episode three, right? So um, as y'all know, in the off season, we're putting down the stats, putting down most of the stats and the facts and joining in those larger, big narrative debates that everyone seems to be loving so much. So the one that we heard throughout this week, and we kind of latched on to, we want to put our own spin on it, is post draft, post big wave of NFL free agency. A lot of cards got shuffled in the deck and teams look new. So, people wanted to reassess who has the best young core in the NFL. And I think that's a great debate because, like, we kind of see the next wave coming, right? The Aaron Rodgers and the Tom Brady's and the Drew Brees's are on their way out, and the Josh Allen's, Patrick Mahomes's, and young company is on the way in. But it's not just about quarterbacks, this is about the entire team on both sides of the ball. And we've identified just four teams, not the top four teams, but four teams that we think have really good young cores to move forward. So why don't we get it started? We'll get it started hot. And that's the Denver Broncos. So we know that the Broncos made that big trade for Russell Wilson. That's not really part of a young core, right? But they're under 26 guys all over. It's it's pretty great. Starts with Javante Williams and Jerry Judy and KJ Hamler. But then you have Draymond Jones, Bradley Chubb, Patrick Sertan II, uh, Nick Bonito, Albert Alberto, and so many guys going down the list that you start to look at Denver's roster and you say outside of Russell Wilson, they should be good for the next five to 10, right? Even including Russell Wilson. I mean, like the quarterback quarterback position is... Yeah, quarterback position
4: is one that you can really kind of get long in the tooth and still be able to put up numbers as Tom Brady has shown. That being said, uh, I believe looking down our list, this is the only team that does not have a quarterback included in, in the young core. That being said... You start to look around the, the talent rooms, man, they've got some faces. Javante mm-hmm. Williams, a ton of like a, a, a miss tackle forcing machine. Jerry Judy, you can't stick near him. K.J. Hamler's a good slot guy. Um, and they've got some young guys on the offensive line, too, where like and that's just the offensive side of the ball. Um, the only downside to this young core is they're probably going to need to use their youth to get through and get to the winning days. You look around the rest of the division and there's a lot of like like kind of like senior top of the league type talent where, you know, maybe in two, three years, those teams, they'll they won't be as good as they are now. And it'll give the Denver young course some time to grow. But like, I I think if I'm a Denver fan, if you
3: look at like a five year outlook for all the teams in that division. Yeah, it looks good for you. I don't know. Yeah, that that's my point. In the inverse of yours, like I see it as a silver lining for the Denver Broncos. I look at the division now and I say, like, can I really realistically go toe to toe with the likes of, you know, Patrick Mahomes and company, Derek Carr and company, Justin Herbert. And, they might be able to Justin Herbert and company. Y'all know how I feel about the Chargers. There are no leapfrogging the Broncos right now. But can I really go toe to toe with these star studded teams right now? Maybe not. But I have youth on my side. Like, those guys aren't old. Like, those guys are going to be here to stay. But I'm younger than all of them as a team. So when their stars start to move on, when their core starts to break up and go their separate ways, hopefully that's when the Broncos' core is hitting its stride. And what I think the Broncos have going for them that not many teams have when you talk about a young core is it's spread out on both sides of the ball. Like, when you talk about offensive and defensive secondary, I mean, I have a a young star at pretty much each skill position. And I don't think many teams can say that out their core. Like they have a really good young quarterback or a really good young receiver, really good young running, but whatever the Broncos haven't sprinkled everywhere. And they've been a team to me for the past couple of seasons. That's like, man, they're just a quarterback away. Like, man, they're just a quarterback away to pull all this young talent together. And now they got it. And like, we'll see. But in terms of just a young core, they're, one of the tops of the nfl to be
5: they were zero and five last year in one score games
3: that's young that's That's being a young team
5: that's one that's being a young team that's two not that's not having a quarterback to close that's
3: true and that's what
5: russell wilson brings to them so uh denver denver is a good young core. they don't have any like of the teams that are coming up the the, i think there's some really great names there's nobody i'd say is like a top three in their position arguably in their young core um but they're they're a solid young core and now they have the hall of fame quarterback coming in and let's just say i'm glad the eagles aren't in the afc west
3: yeah i'm glad the Buccaneers aren't in the afc west man that's that's i wouldn't send my worst enemy to the afc west it's just absolute punishment but okay Matt, i might agree with you that they don't have, not might agree with you, they don't have any player, not even their quarterback is top three at their position right now. But in terms of under 26, because that's how we're valuing young in the NFL. um, So in terms of under 26, that changes that. Like under 26 at their position, they may got top three all over the place. Between Javante Williams, Jerry Judy, Patrick Sertan II, Bradley Chubb. Like, I'm taking their under 26 core over Jerry Judy's many, not
5: many top three and under 26.
3: I guess not, right? Because you got Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, right. Okay. Well, uh, he's he's in the in the give AJ him a brown. good give, give him a top, season top brown. Give top, him top a half. season
4: with Russell Wilson,
3: and we'll see. Because well, I'm a see.
4: huge yes. Jerry Judy backer. He just hasn't been I mean, he had dude, he's got Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater throwing him the ball. That's tough. Like that's tough. That's really tough. difficult, even yeah, when you are rookie year where
5: good. he had a non-quarterback throw the ball at him the whole game. Kendall Hinton.
4: That's another <laughs> yeah. name. Yeah. Throw it out. The- Crazy. So like, Crazy. When you look at Jerry Judy, he's actually 96th percentile in separation percentage, meaning uh, on average, he's about 2.5 yards away from a defender when the pass arrives. That's like next shaking. level speed. That's like your yeah. weight. Way- 2.5 yards in the NFL is, is close to wide open when he's getting Mm -hmm. the ball on average. So like you have a guy who starts, not only do you have a quarterback who can start delivering the ball, you also now have a quarterback that can value up some of the other pieces of the offense. So Jerry Judy's not as focal as, as maybe he would be in years past where they're just chucking it to him. Um, Right. I I am. And you know, this doesn't even include the things they're going to do in the passing game with Javante Williams. And he's not a young core, but Melvin Gordon did resign. Uh, which, mm-hmm. which seems to, to be um, a bit of a dividing move in Broncos fans in my very middling research. But regardless, really, they're going to have a pretty good team. So it's a shame that they're in the division they're in. But right. I think we all kind of agree here. Years down the road, they're going to be in a pretty good spot.
3: Yeah, I mean, look, they have youth on their side. Now that I'm thinking about it, it's not guaranteed because – I can see guys like Patrick Mahomes not going nowhere. Derek Carr and, and Devontae Adams, if they hit this year, I could see that not going anywhere. Justin Herbert's not going anywhere. So they better continue on the upward trajectory because the AFC West might be the best division for the next like five to 10 years in football. Like It might just be the, the, the standard for good divisions. But this is how I want to end every team. This would be a good debate for us. Of this under-26 core, who's the top player?
6: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is safe. It's a place to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. For example, it's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries, Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Game Presents today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash
1: Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hmm. Jake, who's the, who's the going player in to the Broncos say,
3: under twenty six core?
4: Yeah, we didn't talk much about him, um, but I think that he plays the most valuable position that we have here. And that's Patrick Sertain. Yeah, you second. took
3: mine. You took mine. That was like my, my surprise factor of asking the question. And you took it right, really right from my. Oh, underneath. I'm that's
4: sharp, insane. man. You got to know who you're dealing <laughs> with some sharks <laughs> here. Because Matt wasn't going to jump a- on him, too.
3: I could see
5: it. <laughs> no, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm taking Bradley Chubb.
3: But, Jay, go ahead. All right, Why you got Patrick Sertain? Probably for the same reasons I do. But why you got Patrick Sertain? I, I stumbled across this
4: article. Man, his stats from last year, like the next-gen stats, are are pretty crazy. Um, like when you look at catch rate allowed below expectation, kind of a goofy stat minus 6.1% targeted expected points added minus 21.8%. So now we're really delving into those facts that we like to kind of break down here, but as a whole passing by 59.9 passer rating allowed, like this is a guy you, you set it and forget it type cornerback and not a ton of them exist in today's NFL. Mm-hmm. He's one of the premier ones. And, you know, you pair him with Justin Simmons, who's also roaming around back there. They've got a very dangerous defensive backfield.
3: Yeah, I mean, outside of Jalen Ramsey, just in my recent memory, I'm not sure I've seen a rookie or second year player come in and their defense just automatically have confidence of like, you're going on the best player and let me worry about the rest of the defense. Like, that's what Patrick Sertan brought to the Broncos and it made their, it like, brought their defense over the top. We talked about the Broncos defense as a good defense, but they were never a defense that could make up for their lack of offense, never a defense that could win them games. They were just a defense that wasn't going to go up and and give up 35 points. And then last season, they became one of the most opportunistic defenses in the league and a defense that you had to fear. And Patrick Sertan going in that secondary is probably what allowed Matt for you to think Bradley Chubb is, the best on their team because a pass rush is aided by a good secondary and it's vice a, versa. So Bradley vice is, versa, a, is
5: a very controversial take because good. he doesn't play football. He's always hurt. And his, he, has, he had 12 sacks his rookie year and hasn't had anything since. I think, I think he's just had a bunch of bad luck. I think dealing with Von Miller, his mentor leaving and getting injured last year was just two things together. I think an all rejuvenated offseason I can get this together. We have a contending team now. I think he has 14, 15 sacks. I think it's a comeback year for Bradley Chubb. And I'm I mean, a big. Hey, I think pass rushers are more important than cornerbacks by a smidgen.
3: By a smidgen. By a smidgen. But I think when you have a secondary that can work in tandem as well, like it's very hard to block someone for four to five seconds. Like if I can't find anybody open downfield. And I have a secondary that allows you to get a pass rush like that. We'll see if Bradley Chubb can get it, but remember the Broncos for a little bit. People are, people are a little hesitant to to jump on that horse. You see what I did there? That's a good one with the Bronco. Thank you. Um, but the Broncos are, are a very good young core that are going to wreak havoc for, for years to come. We're moving on, uh, because this one's pretty obvious and we could have started with this, but I'm glad that we didn't. But the Cincinnati Bengals, um, a team who gets a lot of airtime on this podcast. So I'm sure that people aren't too surprised that we come to them, but we can't leave them out of this young core thing. You know about Joe Burrow, you know about Jamar Chase, you know about T Higgins, but then you go and get into Joe Mixon, Logan Wilson, Jesse Bates, Evan McPherson. <laughs> like when I'm talking about a kicker and your young core, you're really doing something right now um, because because that boy Evan McPherson is, is good. I like him. Um but the the Cincinnati Bengals young core if if you didn't realize that they have maybe the best young core in the NFL then you just didn't watch football all last season. This is a young core that rode all the way to the Super Bowl and I think everyone can realize that's not a flash in the pan. Like they may not repeat as AFC champions, but they're not regressing back down to a middling team. This is a team whose young core is ready to perform now and they showed it. and Good for them. Uh they're gonna regress. Here you go. Here you go. They're not going reg- to.
5: They're not going to regress like <laughs> an incredible amount. But th- this is a team that lost seven football games last year. Teams that lose seven football games usually aren't that good. Not. They're not like the Giants won the Super Bowl at nine and 2011 twenty eleven. Didn't make mm. the playoffs for another five years. Like it and it, this. The Bengals are going to make the playoffs. I think this team is more like the '08 Cardinals where they exploded in the playoffs after they like the OA Cardinals were actually like a bad team. If you look at advanced stats and DVOA and then they became who they actually are the next season. I mean, in that postseason, and then the next season they sustained that level, but defenses had time to adjust. So that O nine Cardinals team either went 10 and six or 11 and five, won a playoff game, then got bounced easily in the second round and then Warner retired and their era ended. I think that's how the Bengals aggressive. The Bengals aren't a dominating team in the AFC. They're one of the they're one of the good teams in the AFC, and they they won a bunch of close playoff games last year to get to the Super Bowl.
3: Yeah, and, and here I hear you, Matt. One, don't ever do this to me again. So <laughs> it's like a magnetic, magnetic force. Oh my like, god! Like, of- that was he just shot, and and, and I was powerless. I didn't even like, he know, put the finger. Rose me. He put the finger up, and I shut up. Like I, I unbelievable. But I. you like <laughs> the wind horse and do the double finger. <laughs> yeah, oh, we well, really would, would be over. We, we could, we could not, we could not proceed until you told us to. But I hear, I hear what you're saying, and I think if you were talking about a team that had been together for three, four, five years, I'd be with you. But you talked about a team who did this really in their first opportunity, like that was like Joe Burrow's rookie year. He got hurt. Did you get Jamar Chase as a rookie? And the first time that all these guys play together, you beat Patrick Mahomes in them and go to the Super Bowl. So whether whether they overcame being a quote unquote bad team or performed above expectations, I think just goes in their favor. They're playing so ahead of schedule, and that's what makes them such a, a good young core. And like I said, like. They may not repeat as AFC champions. So technically speaking, that's regressing, right? Because you didn't get further than you got last year. But they are they are so ahead of where they're supposed to be that, that even that regress of a second round exit is still more than what most teams can hope for when you pair your young core together for a year, two years. Like that's that's amazing to me.
2: And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Store on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: The expectation game is fun to play with this team because, like, imagine if they got bounced in the first round. People are like, oh, like, we'll take it. Like, whatever, Joe Burrow. You know, finally back, he made the playoffs. They get bounced in the first round. And then this year they make it to the second round and get bounced. And it's like, wow, we're improving. Things are going well. Whereas, sure, yeah. You set a hard when, buy. Right. You, uh, you, you set you set a high bar. Here's the one distinction I want to make between the other two teams that Matt brought up. Those teams are led by veterans who have a big price tag on them. Eli Manning was was, was quarterbacking those teams. And, and you know, Kurt Warner, Larry Fitzgerald was on those. Arizona teams, and you look around, and this is why we highlight the youth at least for the next couple of years. They're not going to have to pay them like they're the best in the NFL. You know, Jamar Chase doesn't have a contract coming up until a few years down the road. Same with Joe Burrow, Same mm-hmm. with T. Higgins, Jonah Williams. So, like, these are guys who they're going to have for cheap. That hopefully, in that span, because you're not spending a ton of money, you can afford to put together a pretty good team around them. I do have questions. You know, maybe, maybe this is. Because they are so good, so young, is it going to prevent them from staying together long term? Potentially, like potentially, could be the, cha- uh, the the case. Jamar Chase is going to be heavily sought after. Joe Burrow, I imagine those two guys probably never see the open market. Everyone beyond them, it's just yeah. a numbers game. It's not they're not good enough. It may just be the fact that in a couple of years, all these guys are we making so much money, all of them. they can't keep. Yeah. them. correct.
3: We we can't afford all of them. Which which I think maybe lights a little sense of urgency, but I don't think it's something that like again that's that's something that a four or five year team together starts to worry about. Yeah. Like y'all, like we made it to the Super Bowl in our second year. And as a as a football team, as a core, you think within yourselves like we didn't we haven't even played our best ball. To your point, Matt, they may have outperformed what they actually should have done. Because to a young core like that, you're like, man, we, we, it's our only our second year and look what we were able to do. So once we actually like start to improve, fine tune all the things, fix the little holes we have in our, our team, like the offensive line, then imagine what we can do for the next four to five years in the NFL. And we did it with just trying to pick it up on the fly. So I think like, like I kind of spun the Broncos problems to a good thing. Like, I think all the Bengals' problems are quote-unquote good problems to have. I don't see, like, a fault right now in the Bengals' plan, and I think that's great. Um, But speaking of one of those pieces of the young core, we probably should have put this dude in our most disrespected episode last week Um, because Jamar Chase is absolutely at the forefront of this young core, one of five rookie receivers to gain more than 1,300 yards uh, in their first season. The other four were Justin Jefferson, Odell Beckham Jr., Randy Moss, and Anquan Bolden. All of, but Anquan Boulder were able to increase their yards per season the next year in their sophomore season. So all this happens, right? He leads his team or or is one of the leaders to the Super Bowl. And then Madden decides to put their two cents on things because we love when they do that. And they come out with their top 10 receivers this year in Madden and Jamar Chase is not on it. Not only is he not in the top 10, he doesn't have a 90 overall rating. The last person in the top 10 is Amari Cooper with a 90 overall rating. Jamar Chase is not in there, gentlemen.
5: Jamar Chase is twentieth. It actually came to be. What
3: you can name, you can name. This is how I felt about you with Saquon Barkley last week, Matt. <laughs> like you, can, you can sit here and name me twenty receiver, nineteen better receivers in the NFL than Jamar Chase, thirteen hundred yard season in his well, first it, season. It's
5: incredible. So we're talking about the young core, young talent. It's like saying, okay, so they have a below. You're saying the Bengals have a below average number one wide receiver. Because your number one wide receiver would be a top sixteen wide receiver, feels a top half. But there's which uh, if Jamar Chase was like eleventh or twelfth, I wouldn't like have a big no, year. no. But like that, that's probably where I would place him. And like remember, thirteen hundred yards. He played an extra game, so there's always that. And um. but he 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 is an absolutely incredible talent. He was drafted where he deserved to be drafted. He he justified not taking Penesuel, Sewell, which is a hard thing to do when you have the worst right. line in football. And right. he absolutely did. Um, he is him and T Higgins are such a great duo to do together. Cause you have the speedster and the possession guy. And mm-hmm. it's, it's, it can be this generation's Fitzgerald and Anquan Bolden.
3: It really can. So all of that is to say Amari Cooper in 11 games, 12 games, it was not better than Jamar Chase. Keenan Allen, no playoff seeing Keenan Allen to me was not better than Jamar Chase. Terry McLaurin, five win Terry McLaurin was not better mm-hmm. than Jamar Chase. These are just simple facts to me. They they are legit
5: you're getting a Matt action. V signal,
3: and he'll automatically pop on the pod. That's fine. <laughs> he didn't pop in the pod, God. And, and Matt V talks about a lot on Twitter. There's, this this one thing I w- I didn't hear him be very loud about that Terry McLaurin popped in that top ten. I I didn't hear him be very loud about that. You're quiet on that one.
4: There are also like worse names than Amari Cooper. Like how you like Brandon Cooks above ranked above. Our guy, Jamar Chase, or
3: that Jake, he was on the Texans last year. That makes zero sense. That Tyler, makes zero sense to me.
4: Tyler Lockett, who uh, was on the Seahawks, didn't have the best year or the Seahawks did not have the best year, still ranked. He's actually ranked above DK Metcalf, which is a little crazy to me. So they're drunk. D- so DK they're didn't
3: drunk. have a good
5: yeah. year last year.
3: No, but, but, and here's the thing. Here's what I don't want to do. We're talking about overall rating. We're not talking about who had the best season. I don't care if DK didn't have the best season. Are you going to sit here and tell me that Tyler Lockett is a better overall receiver in the last year than DK Metcalf? No. Yes. No, Matt. And And that's putting too much stock in stats. That really is. Putting too much stock uh, in uh, numbers. Russell because, Wilson is a but, all of him quarterback, he and he decided
5: that throwing to Tyler Lockett was a better choice than throwing to throw into DK Metcalf.
3: No,
4: because he was, he was will, open he more will. because the coverage is slanted towards DJ, DK Metcalf because he's a freight train of a human.
3: there, Matt, there's no, there's, and this isn't even what we're supposed to be talking about, but there's no argument for Tyler Lockett being better than DK Metcalf. And I really like Tyler Lockett. I think he plays one of the coolest and best roles in the NFL. But he's not a better receiver overall than DK Metcalf. The Beckett. fact that the both dudes, of these
5: the are than Jamar Chase <laughs> right. is that's just so incredible. It's, it's it's more more than, than <laughs> like, like that, that's going to be Tyler Lockett, DK, Jamar Chase. It's like, oh no, that's well, we're, you're too. You're in the wrong place, huh, son. You're a yeah. <laughs> Exactly, <laughs> you're
3: <behind> exactly. <laughs> so why are you here in, in in the pit? Why are you here in general admission? Don't you you're belonging to suites. So why are you here with with these people? So see,
5: that- usually usually when Madden slights someone in ratings, I can find an angle to blame it on the Madden rating people being Cowboys fans, but I haven't been able to find an angle yet. And I'm disappointed Keep digging in myself. That.
4: This
3: is important work. It's there. <laughs> Keep digging. It's there. It's there. Do the Lord's work, stat Matt. We know this is this we know this is what you do well. Moving on. Um because this is another young core who, man, if, if stuff comes together right and they stay healthy, should be a be a good young core moving forward, that's the Baltimore Ravens. They got some things to take care of because part of having a good young core is making sure the best part of your good young core is re-signed to your team. So they got to do that and take care of Lamar Jackson. But you got Lamar Jackson, J.K. Dobbins, Rashad Bateman now, and then on the other side of the ball, Patrick Queen, Marlon Humphrey, Marcus Williams. Like a lot of stuff gets said negatively about the Baltimore Ravens roster. But when you break it down player to player, The young core is there and it's something to build off for the Ravens. I would say
4: like, and this is probably like a huge overreaction, but I'm going to say it anyway. Them losing all of their running backs is equivalent to the impact of when Tom Brady's knee blew up to the Patriots. Both teams still made the playoffs. I must say, show your work, show your work. But so obviously Lamar is the MVP on that on this team Tom Brady is very clearly the MVP on the Patriots and they and Baltimore didn't lose Lamar Jackson but they lost Lamar Jackson with a running game behind him which is the MVP Lamar Jackson because mm. you can't get mm. the most out of Lamar Jackson and ultimately the most out of that Baltimore offense without running all of the RPO and without running off play action, that's where he really breaks your back. When they're still averaging like 4.8 to 5, middle 5 yards per carry, and then he snaps one off for 50, or you think you have him on third down and he scrambles off the side, like those plays break defenses. And they didn't, I mean, Mm -hmm. they still have that to an extent, but teams without all those talented running backs did not have to respect the Baltimore Ravens, as much as they did in years past. And the numbers prove it. In 2021, they attempted 35.9 pass attempts per game. The previous two years, 2022, only attempted 25 per game. And then in 2020, or excuse me, uh, in 2019, 27 pass attempts, 27 and a half pass attempts per game. So clearly they want to get back to that, in, in my opinion, especially with a guy who they're about to invest, hopefully invest a lot of money in. You have to get back to the running game. J.K. Dobbins, probably the best player on this young core, coming back will really help them do that.
3: Yeah. I mean, I will state it all the time because I hope people don't forget that they lost their top three running backs before the season started. So that derails any team. I don't care who you are. That that literally derails your team when Le'Veon Bell is RB1, where you're going into week one in 2022. That derails your team. And then you have Hollywood Brown, who forgets how to catch for a season. So now you're looking around. And just like we talk about Saquon Barkley on the Giants, n- there's, there's the devil eyes start to narrow in on Lamar, and the evil laugh comes. You're like, oh, you're the only one left. Like, no running back, no receiver. Mark Andrews is a, is a receiving tight end. So if you can't get the ball to him, like if we make you uncomfortable, the offense goes nowhere. So like, you're, you're, that was such a good point, Jay, because you're exactly right. Like, all that misdirection, all that multiple threat, is what gets Lamar on these one-on-one matchups with a linebacker in space. And then he makes him miss and he's gone. Right. But it's hard to make five people miss in a crowd. Like It's, it's hard to do that when no you really one else think is it, drawing attention.
5: I really think it comes down to the fact that the Ravens haven't had a good enough receiver for Lamar Jackson.
3: That's another
5: one. You need someone on the outside that's reliable to bail out your quarterback who's he's not inaccurate. That's wrong. But he's not. That's that's his flaw in his passing game, and mm-hmm. and you need like the Ravens should have made the AJ Brown trade. Uh, the fact that they didn't was a big mistake. They need to surround Lamar with better offensive talent from a playmaking ability instead of just bolstering. They have a good defense. They and they're and on top of their. Um, Running backs all getting hurt last year. All their cornerbacks got hurt too, which really hurt them defensively. So, yeah. the, and the, they have a strong, but they in today's NFL you need receivers that can bail out a quarterback. Um, Stafford, Sta- Stafford, look how much playing with Cooper Cup helped. Guy who can make, and obviously Cooper Cup is an exception because he's a alien. But I, I just don't know how they didn't do a better job at getting. Uh, wide receiver for Lamar and I I, I'm not saying they should have paid what Arizona paid for Hollywood Brown that would be really stupid but they 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 did a poor job at surrounding their quarterback who's coming off an injury with talent and right and and it's really disrespectful to do that when your quarterback's going into a contract year
3: yeah And, and and then you then you have all the means to say like well you you had a down year last year we don't want to give you a two hundred forty five million dollar contract which is just the ugly side of sports business but um, it's funny how we say they have one of the best young cores but is it good enough like we talked we just spent the last five minutes talking about all the improvements they need to make to this young core so is this young core good enough to win you football games to go to a Super Bowl because Matt like. And, and Jake, to you, both of your points, like they don't, they don't go and make that big move for a receiver they haven't. And I, I don't understand why, but I see where they're coming from because the best Baltimore Ravens they've seen, one of the best Baltimore Ravens teams in regular season franchise history was a running football team. It wasn't a receiving football team. It was a team who got it done with multiple backs, Lamar Jackson running, and then we have two receivers that we need to throw it to. Hollywood Brown in a good at a good year, and Mark Andrews. We don't we they didn't need anything other than that, and it didn't seem like in the playoffs that that was the reason they lost. It just got beat by better teams. So to the Ravens, it's like we just need to keep perfecting that and keep perfecting that. But then what happens when all of that gets taken away in training camp, and you don't have your plan B is Hollywood Brown, and now he's the light. The lights are a little too big now because now my eight targets a game goes to twelve. My I need you to get a first down, need, means I need to get you. A, I need you to get a touchdown. Like now, the lights are too big for Hollywood Brown because I don't have that crazy dynamic running game. And then the glaring hole at receiver comes, but that's almost a little too late. So, back to yep. my original question like, you know what I mean? Like, they, you see what well, I'm saying I, now?
4: I was shocked. I did while during this conversation, I just looked up their wide receiver room. Aside from Rashad Bateman, here are some names. That I recognize that De- the only ones I this is recognize people I do know, Devin DuVernay, mm-hmm. um, Tylin Wallace, because I was big Oklahoma State fan a couple years ago when they had him and Chuba Hubbard running around. And that's actually it. Those are the two guys. <laughs> Those are the two guys out of. Have- 13 people or 12 other people that I have literally ever heard of. And I play a lot of fantasy out there. Like I I feel like I should know a good amount of people on each team in each room. I've heard of two outs, heard of outside (laughs) of Rashad Bateman. It might be scary bad in passing game uh, in Baltimore this year.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Scary bad. All right. Before we move on, best player on this young core besides Lamar Jackson. That's given best young player. Best player in this young core for the Ravens. Um,
4: I think it's I'll gotta go be first. J.K. Go
3: ahead. Go ahead. If you want to say J.K., I say think JK. Marlon. I think Marlon Humphrey is getting very overlooked in this situation. Yeah, i going to say Marlon Humphrey. The the injury last year doesn't doesn't help. But let's remember the year before that when Marcus Peters started spiraling out of control. Marlon Humphrey took this amazing leap, and the people saying it's him and Jalen Ramsey as the best cornerbacks in football. And I think when you have such a down year, when your team underperforms, you don't make the playoffs, especially when you're a cornerback, you probably get lost in the fold about how good you are. But I think a healthy Marlon Humphrey can be one of the best, you know, defensive backs in football. Um, So I, I think Marlon Humphrey is at the forefront of this young core, if I had to pick one. Matt, you were going Marlon Humphrey Yeah, yeah Marlon Humphrey, he –
5: he's such a dominant player and he, and he, he, like, if you listen to, uh, like I remember seeing a Harbaugh press conference, I forget when it was last year, but he was talking about how Humphrey's, um, like coaching on the field and identifying wide receiver, like situations and helping out other players is one of the biggest things they lost. Even, even counting his, how good he is as a player, so I think having that, just that quarterback on defense in the mm-hmm. in the secondary is, is so important. And remember, this is a team that they make the playoffs if Lamar stays healthy. The Steelers mm-hmm. completely are going to fall off with a new quarterback. The Browns, we have no clue what's going to happen. And um, the Bengals are, in my opinion, slightly vulnerable because... Uh, they, the, the Ravens could win the division this year, but I still don't think they're a contender to win the AFC. Yeah,
3: yeah I, I I definitely agree with you there if, if stuff gets pulled together. But Marlon Humphrey won a, a big like cornerback. like He's huge. like He's almost built like a linebacker, but he runs like a cornerback. And you talk about a lot of cornerbacks, they specialize in one thing. There are good coverage corners. There are good zone corners. There are good tackling corners. Marlon Humphrey is a good corner. And I think it's like him and Jalen Ramsey are, are on a short list of corners that can do everything. Like I can put him in a zone. I can ask them to cover. Jalen Ramsey showed his ability to blitz and get in the backfield this year. Marlon Humphrey's able to do that as well. Like I think he's – he's. I don't think Marlon Humphrey's a problem. He really is a problem on defense. But, Jake, you give your J.K. Dobbins – your J.K. Dobbins.
4: In like a part-time role, he was averaging six yards per pop, nine touchdowns. You Give him a full role – uh, you make him the feature back and i just think offensively marlon humphrey humphrey is great but he also has oa on the defensive line as well as calais campbell doing some work for mm-hmm. him he's got patrick queen who can who's all over the field so and and not to say that not not to say that dobbins doesn't have teammates as well that are, are that are helping him i just think that he is more centrally important to what they do compared to some of the other guys but it's really kind of hard to match like Quantify offense versus defense sometimes. If I had to choose a defensive player, it would one hundred percent be Marlon Humphrey. How about? I mean, Mm -hmm. that's where I stand there. That's good,
3: right? I I think there's there's a noticeable gap between him and Patrick Queen. What really sucks for J.K. Dobbins is his breakout. This was going to be his breakout season. I think everyone saw it coming too. Like J.K. Dobbins is about to hit the scene now in that full time role, and then he tears his ACL. Like he doesn't just get hurt. Like he really like. It was either his ACL or his Achilles, right? He tore one of them. And it's just like that couldn't have happened at a worse time for a young man who's about to enter a dynamic running offense with the best running quarterback in NFL history. Like this is the time to do it. Like that really just sucks.
4: sucks. Just really, really quick before we move on, if he had stayed healthy for his so so far in his career, people would talk about him like he's Jonathan Taylor. Same way that people talk about Jonathan Taylor.
3: he might have been last year's Jonathan Taylor. Like, it might have been, like, that might have been J.K. Dobbins, and I'm so serious about that. That very easily could have been J.K. Dobbins. But hopefully he comes back healthy, and we'll see what that Ravens offense can do. The last one.
2: And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: The last one. For the best young core in the NFL, I can't even, I, I, you know, hard to, hard to deny it. What them Philadelphia Eagles are starting to brew over there. Uh, in Philly. I mean, the draft picks alone Jordan Davis and Nicobe Dean, but then you go all over the football field quarterback Jalen Hurts, wide receivers uh, Devontae Smith, AJ Brown, running back Miles Sanders, defensive and Josh Sweat. Um, And that's not even talking about the all stars you guys got that are old. That's not hmm. even talking about the Fletcher Cox and the Darius Slays of the world. Like that's and the Dallas Goddard's of the world. Um, Goddard's, which, by the way, old Dallas. Now? Well, is, is Wait, like, is Dallas Goddard's under 26 too, isn't he? I think he's like 28. Is he? Okay. He's, he's a he's a young. I'm
4: looking at young, him. Young, he is 27,
3: yeah. 27. Okay, he just, you just missed it. For all intents and purposes, you can put Dallas Goddard in this young core too, because he spent the first couple of seasons kind of behind Zach Ertz. He's only been in a full-time role for two years, right? A year and a half even.
4: So, yeah, that's uh, fair to say.
3: So, So I might put him in this role too, but man. I think you guys might contend with the Bengals after looking at this list at the best young core in the NFL. So, take y'all a moment. Go ahead and talk y'all stuff. I'm get, you better take this moment cuz I don't I don't do this often. So, you better take this moment to talk your stuff. I love
5: I love Jalen Hurts as a person. I'm really nervous we're wasting this talent around him on a quarterback who's just really okay. tough place
3: to start that's a really tough place to
5: it's, start. As, 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 you, as honestly, it's, it's really honestly where i stand like i i would i be shocked if he became like,
3: <laughs> like a like you top, first, top, <laughs> you top first. 12
5: quarterback it wouldn't shock me but i i just i this is a big prove of year for jalen hurts i i was a big proponent of trading for russell wilson in the offseason that didn't happen i i like i really like our offseason i'm not uh,
3: it, the best off season in the
5: NFL. After, after, after this off season, we'll and this season, we'll know for sure if Jalen Hurts is the guy or not. I'm just worried that by the time we gave the extension to AJ Brown, but by the time new contracts come, finding the quarterback that is the guy that can win with this will be a difficult task. My uh, I really hope,
3: I'm wrong. I mean, I have an unpopular opinion about Jalen Hurts. Like, what, he, what is he expected to do? Because everyone's talking about Jalen Hurts has to prove it this year. Jalen Hurts has to go out and be the guy. Does he or does he just not have to be in the way? I'm serious. I'm serious. You have playmakers all over both sides of the ball. You had the best running game in the NFL last season with a guy in Miles Sanders who's not even a top-end running back, in my opinion, and you still were the best running football team in the league. So then you solidify your offensive line, you get healthy again, you go and get the best wide receiver on the market, you go and pick up one of the best cornerbacks on the market, you have the best draft class coming in, what... Jalen Hurts does not have to go and spin for 5,500 yards and 35 touchdowns, y'all. And I think the, the thinking that he has to do it is going to blind Eagles fans of the great job he can do at managing the football game and that he can do with, with Nick Saban stocking him, that he absolutely can do. He's used to being on a team where I just got to not turn the ball over and these dogs will take care of the rest. I 100% believe Jalen Hurts can do that. And I don't think he has to do much more than that. I really don't.
4: Yeah, I. Really I it, what's well, funny, what's so funny about this is literally the parallels between, there's one other guy in terms of situation that I parallel his his current setup to. And we talked about him last week and Jalen Hurts knows him pretty well personally. Mr. Tua T over there in Miami. All Tua needs to do He's got the ball in the hands over. of the good players. That's and don't all you do. do. That's all you got do. That's all you do. So That's all you I do. I, I do agree with you in the sense that like the bar that he has to jump over to, AK, to, to, to do enough, whatever that enough might be, is pretty low considering all of the weapons that he has. Now, if for whatever reason they underperform, I think a lot of that, ultimately, fair or not, will come back to Jalen Hurts. Uh, and a referendum on his play. So I agree with Matt in the sense that this team will ultimately at the very, you know, down the road, we're not talking about winning division. I'm not talking about making the playoffs. I'm talking about making the Super Bowl, making a championship game, going on a deep run. You cannot do that without a quarterback who is playing at an elite level, or at least like two units of your team need to be Elite, elite, elite in the NFL for you two. No. and the quarterback can't can't be, be making it making making a negative. Um, so I, I think the Eagles could be either of those. Like I, I truly am as naive as I am. Like Jalen Hurts, why can't he he be seventy to eighty percent of what Lamar produces in in not not is but produces. What is mm-hmm. the end result of that offense? A run heavy play action, a ton of weapon. Well, unlike the Ravens, a ton of weapons around Jalen Hurts. Like, theoretically, that's enough to win like 10, 11 games. They were, re- they were the number one run team in the league last year, um, running the football yards per carry. Granted, they didn't do it a whole lot in the beginning of the year. But, like, that, as in, in and of itself, should be enough. So, fingers crossed, I am very optimistic about this Eagles season.
3: Well, to, to, to your point, I think if your quarterback isn't above average and you're going to the Super Bowl or you're winning championships, not only like you know, the other factors of your team weren't elite, they're historic. Like the only teams that I've seen where their quarterback isn't above average and they win Super Bowls have, and it's really your defense have historic defenses, like historic running games, historic X, Y, and Z. Um, I don't think Jalen Hurts is under is is below average. I think he's he's going to be right in that middle pack. He's gonna be playing cards with cousins and Baker Mayfield and them. Right in that oh, I middle. And, but I but he's got a way better team than both of those guys. I'll oh. say Baker at its best. Baker at his best. But he's got way better teams around him than both those guys do. And like I, I think if Jalen Hurts goes and has a mild he can have a mild season, and you guys are you guys are very good. I, I, truly, so I, I truly, I truly what, What's content.
5: frustrating is I really think we have a Super Bowl team until you look at the quarterback. And then the quarterback, you from Super Bowl winner to, hey, we contender. might win a playoff game.
3: Right, <laughs> no, right. it's more than that. It's more than that. You guys still right now are contender. This is a winner. This is a winner we're talking about in Jalen Hurts. This isn't Daniel Jones. This isn't a guy who got drafted at, out of a school that didn't win anything. This is a guy who spent – all four years in conference title games, college football playoff games, national championship games. A guy who did uh, like, un like, uh, what uh, is uh, righted his wrong, I should say, when he got benched in the title game, and then came back the next season in the SEC championship game and bailed out the same dude who he got benched for. I know he's and an incredibly high character, guy. In and, he, and nothing, he and he's like a great guy.
5: I like, I but knows what to do. He has a he's a High floor, low ceiling player.
4: I don't know if he's low ceiling. I think he's high floor. Well, he's he's medium floor because we saw in the playoff game that there can be a somewhat low floor. No, but to no, the bad everyone experience. can have a horrible playoff game. I, I know. It's tough.
3: But uh, I think ultimately what, what we medium, come down to. Medium floor, medium floor, medium ceiling. And, and that puts you in the middle of the pack. That's all he's going to be is in the middle of the pack. Like to me, that's what he's got to be, man. Nah, I'm not going to let you talk yeah.
4: me into it. I've been thinking about it. I'm not going to let you talk me into the <laughs> Eagle This
3: is what he does, man. He's going to set us up, get us nice, both, and primed
4: up for the season. Oh, you're really good. And then when they stink, he's going to hammer us saying, ah, you guys really thought the Eagles were going to be good this year. I can't wait. I know it's coming.
3: I've. De- you, sir, are, are traumatized. You, sir, are hurt by me, but you're hurt. i is the song and I'm, dance I've done, James, before. I've done the song
1: and like, dance before. I don't
3: Yes, yes. When your quarterback was Nick Foles and your quarterback was was you know all all these middling guys, like this is this is not this, this no like like this. You guys actually have a really good Nick team. Nick Foles at a, at before he won the well, Super doing. Bowl showed hey, a peak that is much higher than
5: what Jalen Hurts has showed, showed. I don't want to hear this. That's a, <laughs> his ceiling was horrible i mean his floor was really low oh, but his, we saw how good nick Foles could be for those 11 games in 2013 so him right. getting hot for four games and being pretty good for a couple games the next year to make us get us to the playoffs isn't that surprising right. and, but, and
3: what year was that what year was that even 2011 what year in the league was that for nick Foles? nick Foles, that was his second year 2013 a, so yeah. a second full season that he made that jump.
5: He was he was a backup most of 2012 behind Vic. He was a backup oh, at the beginning it, of the season in 2013, and then he exploded. Interesting.
3: Interesting. And then he was okay
5: in 2014, and then he was horrible with the Rams. Then he came back, and then he w- got hot for four games in the playoffs.
3: Okay, I don't need I don't need the whole I don't know, the career before, but, but so interesting. So he starts as a backup, goes in middle of the season, does does okay. Then comes back the next season and, and does and does pretty well. That's what you're saying. He kind of sprint
4: really hard to, to meld <laughs> in a, these two together.
5: An historically great <laughs> season. Like, one of the highest passer rating seasons in NFL history. 27 touchdowns, two picks. Like, it's, it's – and then he was I like – I
3: didn't meld that. I, did, I didn't meld that. You just explained Jim the Hicks exact same me, career like, trajectory. A rookie
5: to a top 15 – a top 16 quarterback the second year. Like, I, he improved. He, and I really like – he is – his completion percentage – Going into last year was worrying. I was really worried, but at, it was like fifty four percent his rookie year. Then was 62 was sixty two this year. If he can get it to sixty five, that's great. So the sixty five is a tough number to hit. We'll I think see. We'll see we, is, we'll see we all
4: come down to the same conclusion of this team is that it will hinge on the on the play of Jalen Hurts because a lot of the other areas are very well filled out, young and old. You said it. I mean, there there are some holes, just like every team. They have they have guys who aren't. Maybe, maybe shouldn't be starters or, or aren't the league average. Um, but for the most part, like Jalen Hurts is going to be the one guy who's going to direct the orchestra. So it's easier what to Jalen get Hurts, a new director than to change out each part of the orchestra. You know what I'm saying?
3: What Jalen Hurts will never do is bail you out of everything that's gone wrong. If a Correct. play completely breaks down, he's not going to be the person to make on on a on a play-to-play basis or, or an above-average basis, you know, more often than not he's going not going to make that play that brings the house down. What I can count on Jalen Hurst to do is just make the right read on a down-to-down basis. What he's supposed to do, where the ball's supposed to be, where people are supposed to be, the flow of the offense, he's so he's so smart and studies that so much that he. I, I feel like that's going to be the thing he makes sure happens. Like, I'm well, going to do the right thing on this play? Will it, will, it, will it always be spectacular? Like sometimes you need the quarterback to go off script and make the spectacular play. I don't think you can bank on Jalen Hurts doing that. But what, what was he supposed to do on that play? Because that's probably what he's going to do. I can bank on him doing that. And if he does that and doesn't screw like stuff up, doesn't gum up the works, that should allow the rest of your football team to play well, to do their job. And you guys find yourselves in a contending situation if that happens.
5: Not for the NFC title.
3: Well, no, because you'll probably run into the Buccaneers and then you know. No, but like lose. you can't You're now you can the NFC title. I think you I think I
5: think I think you can go eleven and six and win a game and then lose in the divisional round. I think that's that I think that's and, the, I'll, and, I'll, and also, that's not a bad was, season, but I
3: was saying, like, and only you guys the, would be upset about that. Only you. But the thing only is, Eagles you have the talent
5: outside of the quarterback. You have the talent to go to the Super Bowl, so it'll be very frustrating, right? Because you, you'll That'll be, be able to tangibly see, right. like, it'll be some game where we're right. down like four and with like eight minutes to go, and Hertz can't lead us on the drive because he, cause that, the defense is incredibly too good. Frustrating.
3: That is incredibly frustrating because you lose all your good players the next year, right? Because no, you, they don't return. Oh, Some they do. Some of them oh, oh, this Oh, the same team? Oh, the team comes back? You don't just lose them? Okay. So, like, allow yourself to grow. The first year you put this super team together, you guys go to the divisional round. That's pretty good. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's something to build off of right there. Anyway, we shall, oh, last, before we move on, the, the big question, best player in your young core. Oh, AJ Brown. That's easy, AJ Brown. Yeah, yeah, easy, AJ Brown. I guess, I guess, I guess that is, I guess that is an easy question. I guess that is easy. Other an guys easy are
4: improving. We, maybe, maybe a year from now, it's Jordan. We we can maybe have a conversation about Jordan
3: Davis if he pops off. But we'll <laughs> and like, and like two, in like two my to my three letter. years. It's not my lot. No, you can stop. There's that. no shot. There's no you can stop. There's no, no shot. There's me, no. No. why? But Matt, you don't have to do that. <laughs> like you know what? You don't have to come he, out with every the, with year. The he gets a lot better. You're never, you're, but an offensive it lineman. does he's like the best not, right now. Yeah, come on, like you have, you have, I you have. In a few years, everywhere. I said in a few. It's obviously AJ Brown
5: right now, but in a few years, Mylata could be a top three uh, tackle in football
4: if he keeps getting sure,
5: them. sure. It could but be. Even, I didn't but, say it but, will
3: be. I said but, could. But would you? But like that's me from one. all blame if it doesn't happen. But it, but still, even if he is a top three offensive lineman, a top three left tackle, I'd rather have, in my opinion, I'd much rather have a top eight receiver than a top three left tackle.
5: Now we're having the, the DeMarche Spenisoul. Exactly, exactly, exactly. The Bengals
3: just proved that. The Bengals just proved that. I'd rather have that. I'd rather have that. But I guess that's subjective. Um, That's funny. All right. So. We're going to move on because we got to bring this segment back, man. We haven't done this segment a long time in our podcast, and the offseason is a perfect time to do something like this, speaking facts. So as you guys all remember, we got some quotes out there in the sports world, some good, some bad, some ugly. We just got to decide, is this person speaking facts? So first one, we go back to the association, to the NBA, because Andre Guadala had something that. Really came out of nowhere, unprompted, but it really shook up the world for a day. He said if Rasheed Wallace played in our league today, he'd be a top five player in the NBA. He'd be better than Giannis. Jake, is he speaking facts? Like we have we have Rasheed
4: Wallace in the NBA today. (laughs) His name is Marcus Morris. Okay, we've got a forward
3: <laughs> who's mean Ooh, who
0: pushes people.
3: You better stop with that disrespect of Rasheed Wallace and call him Twin. He way uh, better than Twin. He way better than Twin. Oh.
4: Like, it's just like
3: here's the thing: why is he? Why would he?
4: First off, to to bring Giannis's name into it, we talked about certain places that Giannis's name gets brought into.
3: Certain this shouldn't spaces. be one of them. Yeah. This should no, not no, be no, one no. of them. And like he's so ahead of Rasheed Wallace, it's not even funny.
4: I know we talk about it all the time. Don't take first take. Don't take what you see on TV too seriously because they need to make airtime. Andre Iguodala must have been up all night recycling <laughs> takes that would that would get some of reaction and this is what he landed on. I, I uh,
5: don't I don't know about I don't know about that cuz Iguodala said some really really weird stuff in the past like the stuff about why he doesn't want his daughter to play basketball is just like what are you what are you talking about I'll let you look that up on your own. And it's – but I do want to give Rasheed Wallace some respect because the Morris comment was really bad. Because he was was like – if he played in today's league, he'd be like Carl Anthony Towns with better defense. Like, he was that skilled and smart. He led a Blazers team to the Western Conference Finals in 2000 that went seven games with Shaq and Kobe. And I, that team, that Blazers team was interesting because actually had a bunch of like really good players, almost like the 4 Pistons. Um, but he was the best player on that 2000 um, Blazers team. And then he goes, he's the missing piece for the Pistons to win a title. Mm-hmm. Like if mm-hmm. you, if you played in today's game, he'd be a top 15 player. He wouldn't be close to Giannis. Like. Not even close. No, I, I, okay. no, sorry. Top 15 is too, too nice. Like top twenty or twenty five, honestly. i want
3: to say because hey, I don't know, even fifteen is is in. You, you some would, you would shoot
5: more threes, which would make them more valuable. Right. It's the yeah, and, hard and, to and,
3: care, so so top five. I mean, we could really break it down because top five is in no order. Just to me, like LeBron, KD, Giannis, Luca, and Bead. That's that's the five the NBA right now. Yeah, Jokic, Jokic or Embiid, Jokic five, is six, somewhere in like there. That. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're getting in there. Anthony Davis, we're getting healthy. Anthony Davis, we're getting somewhere in there. You're telling me Rasheed Wallace is better than people? You're telling me Rasheed Wallace would be on a nightly basis better than him? He's an all star, top 75, great player. You're telling me that if, with a straight face, Iggy, you played against all them people, that Rasheed Wallace would be better on a nightly basis than them five people in the NBA?
4: It's just lunacy. Again, you, like, congratulations. We clicked on your article. You win. You win. <laughs> We're talking about it. We clicked on the article, Andre Gadala. Did, did I even say
3: Giannis in that five? Did I even say Giannis
4: in that
5: five? You did.
4: I did.
3: Okay. I'm say I was drawing. Okay. Um, cause it, and Jake, that's the part. That uh, you you miss Curry, oh, though.
4: Certain... I was about to say, I think you did miss Curry. Steph.
3: Curry. You know, get...
4: Our guy Quiddy's about look, to look. about to be on your case. You better not let him hear that you, know, you know, have know, Steph out.
3: I well, well he also not gonna like that if I gotta put stuff in, I'll probably take it and beat out. Right. Y'all to be I'm not gonna like it either. Defense. Yeah. I'm not gonna go into that. I'm not gonna go into that debate. What makes it unnecessary to me is why Giannis catches astray. Right. Giannis is the wrong person. There are there are people you could have pegged for to give your argument context, and that's what he was trying to do. Giannis was the wrong. It's what it did the opposite. It actually invalidated your argument because right. he's so far from Giannis that I don't <laughs> want to hear what you're saying anymore. You picked the wrong one. Like, if he picked Cat, like, no one's brought oh. up the cape for Cat. Mm-hmm. He's probably a whole segment the next day on, on ESPN. Mm-hmm. He probably gets what he wants. But he picked the wrong one. And yeah. when you go after the wrong one, then we got to shun your whole argument because Giannis. You, I need to rewatch on. the highlights
5: of the 05. Uh, the Sixers, hey, played, the, Sixers <laughs> played the Pistons in the 05 first round. And that was like Iguodala's rookie year. Did something like traumatic happen
3: to Iguodala yeah, in that series, playoff maybe. series as a rookie know. to He owe Rasheed Wallace money or something. <laughs> That's got to be. All right, we'll stick with your guys. We'll stick with the, the Philly theme here um, because James Harden, I, I cannot wait for this little conversation we're about to have. But James Harden came out or was it yesterday or the day before, said that he went to Daryl Morey and told him, hey, go sign who we need to sign, give me the leftover pieces, and then doubled down by saying, I want to compete for a championship. That's all that matters to me at this stage. Based on Harden's recent movements of the past year, Jake, is he speaking facts?
0: Yes. Is, that, is that all that matters to him?
2: and these stories are about how we got here both on and off the court and what's next listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Store on the iHeartRadio app Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts here's what i will
4: say that is what matters most to him i'm pretty confident uh, in saying uh, i don't know if it's all that, matters. all that matters like if 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 James if the if the additions that they bring in are suddenly taking away from his point or are suddenly maybe rubbing him the wrong way. Maybe there are some other things that matter that James maybe thought, James Harden thought might not have mattered in the offseason. But here's what I will say about James Harden taking a pay cut it is nothing to sneeze at. It's nothing to turn your nose away from and say, oh, well, what a, he should do that. No. No, Chris Paul had every opportunity. Sorry to catch us straight here, Chris Watch Paul. Yourself. Watch yourself. Watch yourself. Had every opportunity to take a pay cut, to add talent, to make the finals or to get a better team. He didn't do that. Carmelo Anthony, same thing in his prime. A guy who people said only cares about himself. Never did that. Charles Barkley, never did that. All those guys sitting without a ring right now. Sorry. Uh, but I like this sure is point. James Harden. Sure I don't think wants to be like he. He clearly is is beyond him. Moving to Brooklyn was to me showing like he really at this stage in his career values a championship probably more than anything else. So I'm I'm with him. Yeah. Like he's okay with not being take every shot bowl anymore. He's okay with that, and I'm okay with it too. Especially if he he's not making the that.
3: He actually prefers that. I think he prefers having someone who is going to do the bulk of the scoring and he facilitates. That's part of Agreed. the reason he went to Brooklyn.
6: Matt, and, speaking and of facts.
5: Absolutely. People get too like, into the fact that, oh, James Harden likes to go out to clubs and his money around so that proves he doesn't care about winning. Just because he has like a hobby that's like not like... A hobby. A hobby. It's a hobby. That's, how else would you describe it? He likes looking at things and An he pays money to do it. What if his hobby... <laughs>
3: <laughs> that is so. so, oh, that's so, so great. Like, that's if hilarious. he spent
5: that, if he spent that money and his hobby instead of that was like collecting antique pianos, no one would care. <laughs> Same thing takes up that much of his time. He kind <clears trying throat> to piano, learns how to play, but just because it's going out at night to clubs. But he's never like. There's never been a report about him showing up inebriated to work or anything like that. You've never heard one right, rumor right. of that. So that's just what he likes to do, and he's. He's, he's clearly allotted. He looked at his books. He's okay, I have this much money. Okay, I've got $50 million here. That's going to be for clubs. And then I got my <laughs> life savings. <I'm laughs> so, sure, I'm sure and, so, so, Daryl, I can take a $20 million pay cut, $15 million pay cut this year. We're all good.
3: I I don't know why phrasing him getting ass-shaken in front of him as a hobby <laughs> is so funny to me. But that's funny. But if you do it with such frequency, <laughs> it can only be <laughs> it can only be determined <laughs> a hobby, right? Like if if you do it three it's to four time. times a week, yeah. If you do it three to four times a week in your spare time, it, you know, some people collect jerseys, some people collect cars. <laughs> James Harden collects ass. Like it's just it's just what it's what he does in his <laughs> in his free time. But in, in all seriousness, in all seriousness, what I think is noticeable and a little humorous is the 180 view that's been taken on Harden for Sixers fans and credit to James Harden because there's something that Philly athletes learn to win the love of the city is you have to go and realize like oh I have to show them that nothing else in my life matters I don't care about anything else but their city and their sports team who I'm playing for and going to win a championship and then they'll like me you can't come to Philly with Matt as Matt puts it hobbies you can't you need and to- he he did and 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 to the Sixers eyes he underperformed to Sixers fans eyes he underperformed and he tried to fight that for a little bit no I didn't and he tried to still go out and and his videos on Instagram were with him and Lil Baby were with him and Mike Rubin and then a switch flipped in the summertime and he goes oh I have to show them that all I care about is basketball and nothing else in my life and Credit to him for learning that because now he's earned the love of the city. Now everyone is confident in him. And now now you guys believe in James Harden. But a James Harden who has hobbies <laughs> is never gonna win over the love of the city. So good on him. Good good on him. It's just Thanks, James. James. See it's what
4: on Saturday.
3: <laughs> but don't say nothing. Right. But as long as but as long as he's in the gym Sunday morning, correct. Every everything's tr- right with the world.
5: Tr- I gotta say I'm in trouble. I'm 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 buying into the propaganda. Why he's you being like, a and You he's being sitting sitting still? Healthy, And he's gonna be like, he won't be like Zachary, but but like 25 point per game guy instead of 20. Like he'll. I, I I'm buying into the propaganda that he's gonna be sig- significantly better than he was last year because yeah, he okay, wasn't healthy.
3: Can you like? Can you like allow him to be human? Like, and I'm not just talking to you, man. I'm talking to all Sixers fans this is, I think this is the slippery slope. He doesn't realize he's creating. As you create such a confidence that you move like the expectation up as the confidence goes up. It's like, oh, I didn't, I didn't say it was going back to average or a triple double. I just said I'm healthy. I just said I could go and play better. But the Sixers—that that means, means. Oh, that is what that means. That's what that means. Yeah. It is. Oh my God, I could better never be. be a, I could, <laughs> I could never play for the Sixers. That's, that's all of this. Last one before we move out. You want to talk about? espn getting their headlines off kendrick perkins is putting that on his back for the summer for the network and and good on him because he comes with another one on first take says this about donovan mitchell it's no disrespect to d mitch and then goes on to disrespect him completely but is he a number one option type of guy is he a guy that could take your franchise to the nba finals and possibly win a championship hell no and then probably went to go on and say carry the hell on so jake Carry the hell on. Is he speaking facts?
4: Um, he is. I'm actually with him on this one. I think to build a franchise around someone, you need to either be elite, elite, elite offensively or be able to play both sides of the ball very well. Um mm-hmm. He is getting close to being how many elites did I say three elites. You said he's being three elites. so he's be he's he's probably like one and a half to two elites right now offensively. <clears throat> Defensively, he's he's supremely I average. And right. um, I, I think if you are going to make a move where you're not Utah and you're you're moving a ton of assets to bring in Donovan Mitchell, ultimately you're still going to need to bring in someone else who's going to take care of the things that you would want you ideally your franchise player to take care of. So can, can he be the best player on a, fr- on a finals team? I think that's still yet to be decided as he matures and, and adds things to his game and gets better. Currently, right now, he can't be your franchise star is what I'll say.
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I-, agree, with I agree with you. Yeah, I agree with you and Kendrick Perkins um, that he's not. I have, I've said that for a while. I said that when he was dropping back-to-back 40-point games in the playoffs in the bubble, that I was like, these are great, but I still don't think Donovan Mitchell is a person who leads you to a championship. To me, the the worst player who could be able to do that in the NBA is Jimmy Butler. Like, that's the worst franchise player you could have, and Jimmy's even coming up short. Like, even, even Jimmy isn't getting it done he got to the finals one time but there's a ceiling there and I think Donovan Mitchell instead of trying to be the worst number one in the NBA if he realizes he could be the best number two you go and win a championship like correct realize if you realize that's where you are you instantly make whatever team you go to with your star a championship team and like and I mean instantly but if you try to be the best player on a team and like I just don't think that Donovan Mitchell is your franchise player, and you you put it perfectly, Jake. You have to be like top 10 in the NBA, top five to 10 B- in the NBA offensively, or top 15 two way, and he's neither of that. So I just think there's there's a ceiling there. i
4: like, let me paint you this picture real quick. So we have Donovan Mitchell and like Jalen Brunson and Friends behind door A, or behind door B, you, you pull some strings. And you get a tandem of Kevin Durant and Donovan Mitchell. Now we're talking NBA finals contenders as good as any iteration of the Nets in the past couple of years. Like this is that, that I think perfectly encapsulates kind of the difference between the two
3: builds. You can't convince me that Kevin Durant and Donovan Mitchell and and. Ben Simmons and pieces around them don't go to a finals. You yeah. can't convince me of that. I'm with you. You can't convince me of that. It's 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 written in stone. Matt, put your spin on it real quick. I actually think like the tragedy of Mitchell is he
5: would have paired perfectly with Embiid because he disliked Gobert for a while, so if he forced his way out like two years ago, him and Embiid and I don't know what happens with Simmons in this scenario, but that would have been a really good um, uh, duo to build
3: around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, and Donovan Mitchell is is a star. He's not a superstar, and it's, a star is number two in the NBA. To a superstar, that's what it is. All right, one was out of time for this episode of Straight Facts. It was a good one, as always. We can get some shots up at the buzzer. I will allow Matt to go fast because I, for the past hour and seven minutes, I've been sitting here in the greatest anticipation. So Jake, go ahead. What's your at the buzzer?
4: Um, Just the only only thing I've got, uh, I got really badly burnt at the beach. I do it every time. You have to use, if you're a hairy individual like me, use, use the liquid sunscreen. Do not use the spray on. It doesn't get past your hair. My entire torso is absolutely scorched
3: because of it. I thought if you were fair skin like me, if you're a caucasian like me, if you're a beach goer like me, all of those two, I did not think if you're going if you're a hairy individual like me. Cuz <laughs> so I spray
4: it on so, and it gets caught in my chest and stomach hair and then that skin yeah, underneath nice. the hair is
3: just done for, done. That's nice, Jake. That's that's nice that you told us that. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Sarah. Um, if, if Sarah's got to rub this in, I'm really sorry. That she's got to cope through the rough to, to really to rub the sunscreen in. Um, but no, I mean, I only make fun of people getting sunburned because it's something that's literally never happened to me in my life. So all I could do is just poke fun at it until it inevitably happens and then, um, you know, beside myself. But I'll go next at the buzzer. It's time to play our favorite game. Uh, Does James have unrealistic... Yeah, <laughs> so, before before I even here, it, I'm going to say yes. <laughs> I'm gonna say yes. So, so. This one, this one, I will. I, this one, I'll concede a little bit because I recognize I'm on the outside of the popular opinion. I just don't understand why, and I'm hoping that maybe you guys or our, our listeners out there can really educate me. So, I go to the gym now pretty frequently. I try to go at least three to four times a week. Most of the time, I hit that three mark. I am a frequent gym goer, but I'm not a gym bro. So these little rules and unwritten like bylaws of the gym, I don't get. One of them is working in with someone at a machine. Mm. So I go to the Y today after work, and it's packed. I've never seen a Y like this before. I don't know what people are getting ready for, but it's packed. So I go, and in my mind, I say to myself, like, okay, I'm probably going to have to share machines today. There's a finite amount of machines. Some of these workout machines, is only one of them. Every time I went and asked someone, Yo man, how yo? How many sets you got left? He's like, oh, I just started. So okay, do you mind if I work in with you? You know the amount of sideways looks I got. One person actually was like, I'd rather not, man. I'd rather just like do it myself. I'm like, what? Like I don't, I don't get that. You don't own the machines. You don't own the gym. Like your name is not on some VIP wall. There's no banners that hang in here. I don't know who you are. We we are both members at this place. At the same time, why is it so far-fetched to, like, working with someone? I can see that if they've they've changed the machine, so, like, you know, some people, like, bring a bench over or something, they're not using it for, I can see that, or I can see if I'm going to change it. If you see I have different weights in my hand than what you're doing, but I'm literally just, like, especially on just the, the machines, where you just gotta move the weight, yeah, the peg weight, like, bro, like, don't be so... Like, don't, don't, don't be so arrogant. Let me work in with you for the three sets that we got to do and then we can go about our day. Am I unrealistic in that? Is that an unrealistic? People gym? like to be alone and it's like to not be bothered. I'll just I, give this. I'm going to talk to you. I don't yeah. got to talk to you. Like, the only thing I got to say is you're you're good. You're up. And then you can go back to not speaking. I don't, don't want to talk to you either. I just want to work out. Like, you shouldn't be a gatekeeper to this machine. I should not be asking If
5: you and a couple friends were shooting hoops on a basket at a gym and, okay. like, a, about to play, like, 21 or whatever, and okay. then, like, this guy comes in, hey, want to practice my three-pointer for 20 minutes, can I do it? No. You say no, because you got there You first. know why?
3: Because they changed the game. Now, if we're playing 21 – he comes up with two friends or he comes up by himself and say, Hey, can I play 21 or Hey, y'all want to run twos or run threes? I think I'm, I think I'm arrogant to say no. And I, and that's something on a court that I won't do. I may say like, Hey, we're going to play this game. Then afterwards, yeah, you you could jump in our game of rougher. Yeah. We can run twos, but like, like, no, If if you're not changing the game, no. Um, with us.
4: so I think it's right for them to not want to do it. It is not right for them to not allow you to work in as for the reasons you said, literally not your equipment. Like, who do you think you are? Number one, uh, number two, if it is busy, like then they become the a-hole for not letting you work in because now the for gym the is
3: permanently bit more busy because you did not let me work in. They're the reason for the traffic jam now. Exactly. Now you're the idiot who swerved up the road, and now we're all are in a traffic jam just because I gotta sit here and wait for you instead of being efficient in this thing. And I also think like for people who like not many people out there exist like this, for people who aren't as big as me, like I don't know if there's like a embarrassment factor, like you don't want to see how much your lip like I truly could not care less about that. I really couldn't. We all in there for the same purpose. You're in there to get stronger. Like I'm in there to get stronger. I don't care where you're at. If anything, if you're lifting little weight, I'm like encouraged. Cause I'm like, my man is starting a journey. My man, like, we all had to start a journey somewhere. My man is starting his. I just, I don't get it. But what I'm learning through all of this is I'm not unreasonable. The world is unreasonable and I am normal when it comes to the social expectations. All right. Stop, Matt. The floor is yours, please. Let me get my drink ready because let me let me hear it
5: the fact that there's a last dance type documentary for Derek Jeter is blasphemy Derek Jeter or I should say Chipper Jones with better PR does (sighs) not deserve this kind of like sequential like last dance treatment it's gonna be such a propaganda piece it's gonna completely overrate him and like when he was the worst defensive shortstop in the history of major league baseball, that's just stats by defensive war. He allow, he cost his team 18 wins by being such a bad defensive shortstop. And he was still too much of an arrogant person to take, to not move the third base and let A-Rod take short. And they're going to, I know they're going to paint A-Rod as a villain and that's going to be unfair. And A-Rod, would have been a much more worthy Last Dance documentary type person because he was a much, much, much better player than Derek Jeter and a much, much, much more interesting person than Derek Jeter.
4: Mm. Wow. He was much better because he took human growth hormone. Can we be honest about that? Like, come on.
5: And when he was with Seattle, he was still better than Jeter, and that was the 90s. Yeah,
3: I agree. Um, He's he's old. He's older, right? When Jeter got drafted in what? No, they're both like
5: the same age. They both had their debuts like Um, in
3: 95. I'm going to push back a little bit on how good Derek Jeter was. I will let you go off about hating him. I hate Derek Jeter as much as the next guy. But I do think that, you know... If you have to name a, a Mount Rushmore of baseball, I'm not really going to disagree with you if Derek Jeter's name pops up. I'm, I'm he's not, really not close to, it's to the Mount Bruce.
5: Rushmore. That's like saying Ben Rothlisberger's on the Mount Rushmore of football. No. Matt. Like, like he's Matt. a Hall of Famer, but like he's not Matt. close to the Mount Rushmore.
3: Matt. Take the hate. Take the hate He'd was Take amped hate off. off. Take
4: he said the he was hate amped off.
3: off. I don't know. Uh, ben Roethlisberger of baseball? Big Ben
4: has some career accomplishments. Don't don't let the last three so years of Big Ben. Been fun. The Big Ben like
1: of Hall of baseball. Famer.
3: Jake.
4: It's be, like let's take Derek Jeter and put him in Cleveland instead of New York, and and take <laughs> away all of his, all of the famous people that he dated. Like he's good. He's, yeah, he's not a documentary worthy. He's not last dance. I, I agree with
3: Matt. And I'm not gonna take away your point, Matt, because I completely agree. Seven part hour long episodes, I'm just not damn yeah, worthy. He's just not he does not and I think it dilutes Michael Jordan's last dance. Michael Jordan's to me, Michael Jordan's last dance was gonna be like a Michael Jordan and LeBron are the only players ever gonna get this. I but would like,
5: totally watch a Barry Bonds one. Not a seven parter. I'd watch a thirty a two part, three part. Well, if it was a fair doc, like they actually talked about the roids and everything. But but like Ken but, Griffey, no roids, happy propaganda. Ken Griffey Jr. documentary over freaking Derek Jeter. I don't even and know. There's if, hundred. If, I could name a hundred. I could name fifty baseball players in my <laughs> lifetime that are more worthy of a documentary than Derek Jeter.
3: And here's the thing. I think a lot of players deserve a documentary. Derek Jeter absolutely deserves a documentary. You can't. He he absolutely does. But the the length of it to me, signifies the magnitude of the player or where they are in their sports history. And if you give someone a seven part documentary, all hour long episodes, you're putting him in Jordan era. You're putting him in Jordan era. You're putting him in LeBron era, And he's just not that. He's just not that to me. You give him a three parter. Now nah, you don't really hear many words from me. That's cool. He got a three parter seven. That's, that's, that's two and a half months of Derek Jeter. I don't need to. I don't need two and a half months of Derek Jeter. I don't. Do you need two and a half months of Derek Jeter? I don't need that. Yeah. I don't need that in my life. We're, we, we can move on from that. But we got to move on from Derek Jeter, and we do have to move on from this episode. It was a great one. Thanks you. Thank you for everyone for sticking with us during the offseason. Got to give a big shout-out to the Up On Game Network, everyone over there, LaVar Arrington, T.J. Out of Plexico Burris, Love what you guys do for us. Hopefully you guys enjoy what we do for you. And as always, shout out my guys, Jake Galley and Stat Matt Robinson. I'm James Jackson. These have been the facts.
6: Straight up. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them